For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, as always, Shane Told. So excited to bring you another awesome, awesome episode. Brad Logan, the man, one of my favorite people, such a nice guy. And man, Brad has some stories It's all documented right here in this book I'm holding, Architects of Self-Destruction, The Oral History of Leftover Crack, one of the most notorious, dare I say, infamous punk bands ever. And I've read this book cover to cover. We talk about it in depth. I don't want to spoil it, but so many great stories in here and just stuff that really nobody knew until now. I mean, there's been a lot of mystery about Leftover Crack and even more mystery with Choking Victim, which was the band before Leftover Crack. And we get to it all here. And this book gets to it all as well. So make sure you go pick up a copy of this Leftover Crack book. Also, Brad was in a band called F-, which Silverstein toured with. And they're one of my favorite bands ever. So we're going to hear some music from F- later in the program as well. A band I feel like has sort of slipped through the cracks a little bit, fell off the radar, broke up in, I think, 2004 or 2005 and has not resurfaced, sadly, but a band I still put on all the time. So we talk about that as well. And I'm just so stoked on the podcast feed lately. If you look back at some of the artists I've had, last week I had Mark Tremonti of Creed, okay? This week, I've got Brad Logan from Leftover Crack. A couple weeks ago, I had Sven from Aborted. Uh, We're just going all over the map, and that's what I love about this show. You're a lead singer? I want to talk to you. That's what this show's about. It's not about necessarily underground music or punk rock, although obviously, you know, that's stuff that I love. But we talk about it all here, and I really do appreciate that you're here for this ride that is the Lead Singer Syndrome podcast that I have now been running for almost, no, am I over six years? Oh, it's coming up. I don't think I'm quite at the six-year mark. Oh, I'm getting close. 
But hey, anniversaries now are like, I guess I don't even celebrate them every year. It's just like on the fives and the tens. I don't know. It's wild. I cannot believe I've been doing it this long. But thank you so much for the support. Of course, if you want to throw me a bone, the show will always be free. But I do rely on support from my sinners worldwide that are members of the All Access Club. So do me a favor and check that out over at leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access for as little as $6 a month that gets you in. That gets you tons of bonus content and merchandise and access to a great community. So again, the link for that is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And also don't forget, we are like two and a half weeks or something from my band Silverstein getting back on the road. We are starting at the House of Blues in Cleveland on November 4th. That's the first show. It's just a great place to start up again. So many memories there. I think the show's sold out. There could be tickets available. However, these shows are selling out quick. So make sure if you want to see me perform with my band Silverstein, and I think you do, head over to silversteinmusic.com for all the ticket information. And really, that's about it. I just want to get into this one. Here it is, my conversation with Mr. Brad Logan of F- and Leftover Crack. Brad Logan, welcome to the program. Thank you, Shane. Thank you very, very much hey, for man. having me. It's really great to see you. Um, how how you been? I mean, I, I feel like I haven't had an actual, you know, conversation for more than just a, hey, how are you for like <laughs> 17 years? So <laughs> how you been? It's been a bit, right? Yeah. It's been a minute. Uh, you know, I, I've been busy. I've been busy and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, doing good, you know? Uh, never better, actually, and and uh, you know even uh, in the midst of things being as they are, you know I uh, um, have been productive with my time. You know, as horrible as as the pandemic has been, it's you know it allowed me the luxury, I guess, of of having time to uh, dedicate to things like you know creative endeavors. Yeah, like this book, like three like three hundred pages of this book, um, for sure. I don't know if it would have been you know if we would have popped it out in as soon as we did, you know, with, without that, that, you know, the time to do it, right. The time that the pandemic has allowed and musically too. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, involved in about five yeah. projects right now, but absolutely. But bear in mind, I just want to put this disclaimer down. I was at punk bowling all weekend. Yep. So uh, my brain is oatmeal. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling right now. You so. talk about sensory overload for, you know, all of us. We haven't been in those kind of environments, you know, an outdoor um, punk festival, especially in Las Vegas, the heat of Las Vegas. Um, that must have been just a lot to take in. Yes, it was a, it was like a shotgun blast to the face of sensory <laughs> overload. And, and I mean, um, it, it was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. It, it, it was, uh, you know, I went into it. I think like, like I think a lot of people did with, you know, um, you know, it was like, Oh God, you know, how's this going to play out? You know, is there going to be, you know, how safe is it going to be? And, you know, the Stearns and the punk bowling staff had like just the protocols on lock and, and people were adhering to, to safety standards, which was Great. really cool Great. off the top. But then, yeah, I mean, it was like, uh, you know, once you got past all that, it's like, oh my God, you know, here's like people I haven't seen in ages, you know, and, yeah. and uh, bands I haven't seen in ages. And, and uh, you know, I really it, it only had it in me to watch maybe three or four bands. There was so much going on. <laughs> right. Sure, and I'm man. like, it's like, I'm used to watching no bands, right. For the past <laughs> two years, it's like, ah, uh, uh, you know, I, I spent most of the time just catching up with people and hanging out and, and, uh, having laughs and, and, um, you know, Vegas is just totally insane. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a, I don't gamble, I don't drink, you know? And, and so, you know, I was, <laughs> I was walking down Fremont street on the last night mm-hmm. and, I, and you've been there, right? That, oh, yeah. where, they, where they have those zip lines and, and yep. the video and the whole, the whole overhead is like a big canopy of lights. Yeah. And the music was just blasting. So lo- there was like no escape 
from like, you know, each casino had just like this just cacophony of insanity, you know, like any way you want it, that's the way, you know, like just black journey blasting, you know, and uh, I'm like, oh my God, you know, I don't know if I can handle this, you know, this is like too much. Uh, but in the end, you know, I was thinking about it when I was driving home yesterday. It was just, it was a lot of fun. It really, really was. And, awesome. and uh, everybody played great. All the bands played great. And, and everybody was just grateful. They were grateful to have this. And, For sure. And, For sure. and I think that's one of the things, the, the, the takeaways, you know, from this is we can't take this for granted. You know, it can be taken away. Yeah. And and it's it's a precious thing and a gift, you know. And, and people were, were really respecting that, you know. Um, that's awesome. No, that's that's great. A great feeling. Um, yeah, that was that was this weekend. Furnace Fest was this past weekend too. Two amazing festivals. It sucked they were in the same weekend, and I didn't go to either one of them. What am I? <laughs> I'm, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, man. But no, I, because because you have things to do, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. you're doing shit. I, you know? I am. I'm doing yeah. shit. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I, I like I was speaking about earlier. I know you from your days in F minus touring together back in 2004. Um, I've got an F minus poster back here somewhere. Um, you remember this show? Let's see. It's um, F minus. I know it's blurry back there, but it says uh, yeah. F minus with five knuckle and intent. Wednesday, November 12th at the Joiners in Southampton, UK. <laughs> you know, Shane, I don't remember that particular show, <laughs> but that's only because we had played England so many times, right. right? Like every DIY space, pub crawl, anything we could get, we would do. You know, we didn't mm -hmm. care. If, and and uh, at Southampton Joiners, you know, if I saw it, I would go, oh, yeah, right, this place. Of course. And, and of course, I remember Five Knuckle, who, who were great. But we just were always out there. You know, I think we toured Europe more than we did Europe and England more than the States. Yeah. Well, it's, well, it's funny, you know, we toured together in, I, I always said this, like when people ask to this day, if someone's like, oh, who's like the coolest, nicest guy, you know, you've like ever met on tour. Like your name <laughs> is in the top three. And on that tour, I remember, you know, y you were so gracious. And, uh, and of course, Thomas from Strike Anywhere is just one Absolutely. of the best people of all time. And of, and of course, Erica from F minus is, is just lovely too. So when I found out, I think I found it on that tour actually, that you were in leftover crack. I didn't really know that somehow a, a band that I'd kind of heard, yeah. you know, gnarly things about. Um, I was kind of shocked, but the book does a really great job of kind of explaining how you can kind of came into this, this crazy world, you know, with choking victim and, and being like an A&R guy. It, it's a really, really heavy quotations story. on A&R guy too. <laughs> exactly but maybe that's what an AR guy is right you know um yeah so uh, pretty much yeah yeah right it's all in the book and i don't think you're alone in that you know questioning that uh you know like how did you guys meet and you know and you know that that was it right it, it was um you know one thing led to another right <laughs> right well i remember on the tour you telling me yeah so like, you know, you've got like a, like a California accent and you're, you're talking to me and you're like, yeah, I'm going back home to Kansas. Right. Like, wait, 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 wait. Now right. I'm really confused, you know, and I, I know you settled down in, in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, I don't know if you're still there or, or what you're doing, but, um, it's, it's just, it's been a pretty big whirlwind of a, of a life for you in the last 20 years, hasn't it? I, I guess so. Right. I, 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 I don't, um. I don't pause to reflect very much, but when you, when you think about it, yeah, I'm actually, we're back in California now and, and we've okay. been back for a little bit. Um, and this isn't the, you know, the last stop either, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, th this is where I grew up. Right. And, and, um, in Huntington beach and, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I get around, right. It's all from music though. You know, I, I never, I don't think I ever would have yeah. traveled anywhere had it not been, for you know touring with bands right and playing in bands and, and there's another gift right to be grateful for um you know traveling absolutely traveling costs a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> except for most of us now we've you've been everywhere so many times like when you have some time off it's like 
Do I, like people get excited about going places like, and don't get me wrong. I love Germany, but I wouldn't pay to go there. You know, like not on my own, you know, my own, with my own money. Well, you, well, you just said it. I mean, to me, like, you know, we're band guys. So we're, we're used to traveling and, and touring. And, and so to me, everything shutting down and, and having this time at home was like the equivalent of, you know, an all expenses paid vacation for somebody else. Right. It was like, <laughs> uh, time, you know, time to right. time to be at home, yeah. you know, time to spend with my family, time to work on on um, you know, on projects. Every fucking house thing I ever wanted to get in order, you know, my attic is yeah. in order. I, you know, my all of my records and and flyers. It's like, yep, now I know where everything is. It's all fucking organized, and and uh, I just never had the time before, right? So would I pay to go to Germany? You know, there are a few cities in Germany that I like, but that's what it comes down to, right? Once you you've hit places a bunch, you kind of find the stops that you like the best, you know, and it's like. I can't wait to get back to, yeah. you know, wherever it is. Right. And, and uh, it's different for everybody, maybe, you know, hundred percent, hundred percent. So we're talking about the new, the new oral history of leftover crack book here, um, which is out now both uh, in paperback uh, uh, digitally and also yes. as an audio book, which um, I understand you had the great honor of reading it yourself. Uh, walk me through that. Cause that sounds tedious and must've taken some time. I did, you know, that rare bird contacted me and they're like, you know, we want to do an audio book. We could get, you know, an actor unless you would like to read it. I'm like, are you kidding me? I would love to read it because you know, it's like, if it were me, like hearing Steve Jones narrate his own book, right. was like, Oh yeah. You're hearing Steve Jones narrate his own book. Right. Right. But the, 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 the task was, it was a free and oral history. Right. And so it's like, the cast of characters, there was, I think, you know, over 50 people that are in We interviewed over 100 people. There's over 50 people weighing in in the book. And uh, um, I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, how am I going to do this? Should I do, you know, character voices? No, that's weird. It should, you know, should, should I? And getting, like, yeah. you know, getting the actual people, everybody, uh, you know, who was in the book to do it would be, you know, that's an insane task, right? And, and uh, um. I mean, it could be, I know those things are done, but it's like, you know, there's no budget for that. Right. And, and, um, so I listened to some audio books that, that were all histories like the joy division one and, and, uh, had a couple other ones and, and it's like, mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. When I heard somebody else doing it, it was like, yeah, this is actually doable. And so, yeah, I, <laughs> I had to drive the, the studio was like about, and you know, it, it was in North Hollywood. So without traffic, it was about an hour from my house. And, and, uh, um, you know, I would truck up there every day and, and probably the hottest week of the year. And I, you know, I just did it. It was this small studio that only did audiobooks. Um, you know, very nondescript sort of, you know, next to like an, an Indian restaurant and, you know, <laughs> I would go in every day and it was just myself and an engineer who, um, after a day working together, he's all, you know, I, I, uh, I've seen F minus play, but I was like, what? You know, I, yeah, I had no idea. Right. And wow. So yeah, you know, I've seen your, 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 your old band and, so that was really cool, you know, and, and it's like, okay, you know, it, you know, this guy understands a little bit about me and what, you know, what's going on in the book. Not that that's necessary, but uh, it was cool to have. And, and he would, uh, you know, I told him just direct me, you know, and he would, he would say, uh, you know, stop. Can you read that line over again? You know, back up, you're reading it too fast. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, I wow. did it in like, I, I think I did five, um, five hour sessions maybe it was more maybe it was six hours um just sitting in a chair you know with an ipad like you know reading the book and and um it, it got easier the first day wow. i was like by hour you know four and a half i like couldn't couldn't form words anymore my vision was getting blurry you know it was like oh my god this is insane yeah i can't i can't imagine that just sounds very difficult like i mean just reading in my own head that long would be too much let alone reading out loud and then having to worry about okay did i say that okay and i mean did you find i mean there must have been times when you're just like cooked and you're like yeah i can't do this anymore or or you're just having trouble with certain maybe certain words or phrases over and over again I did. There were definitely times where toward the end of the sessions where I couldn't pronounce certain words that were common everyday words, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God, why can't I say this word? You know, my like brains were just fucking scrambled 
and and he you know he said it the engineer said it to me he's like just relax read and let me do the work for you i'll tell you what to do i'll tell you what right. you know if, if there's a do-over um so he did make it easy i did, all i had to do was just read and and you know i fucked up quite a bit but he would have me redo stuff you know and and you know but you really i found out like <laughs> you find interesting things out about yourself you know and and uh it, it, how um uh you know i always thought you know i was so well spoken and, and you know it's like oh my god you know like i'm a fucking moron you know and, and uh um my reading comprehension is is not good and i'm, and I'm not well spoken you know but I, I really enjoyed doing it because um uh you know i listen to i like podcasts and, and you know audiobooks so it was really fun for me in that respect and also i like to talk a lot and I love the sound of my own voice, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yes. And, and I got to just talk myself out to where I did not want to talk anymore. Man. Um, but it was cool. It was a great experience. And it was air conditioned too. So, Well, there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah you'd expect that. Uh, you know, um, if it wasn't, that would be actual hell. It would have uh, been hell. The, yeah. Um, man, I got to figure, like, if that's a recording studio that only does audiobooks, that engineer, he just does audiobooks all the time. Like, must be a smart motherfucker. Like, all he's doing all day is hearing, like, he's basically reading books all day, all night. Yes. That's crazy. Yes. And, and there were two booths, right? And and so, uh, the first day I went in, there was another, uh, you know, there was a woman reading an audiobook in the other studio and, and, and another engineer. And yeah, he's like, that's all I do all day. And then they send it off to somewhere else to get edited, you know, to have the, uh, have, have it tweaked. You know, not they didn't cut anything out, but you know, bring the spacings close together or or far, further apart, add some compression, you know, shit like that, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, technical stuff, and and uh, but it was great. He was telling me the you know some of the other people he had done, and and you know, um, you know, like Sam McFeeter's book, and and uh, um, who was in uh, this band Born Against, and. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a fan of his work, right? And and uh, um, and, and just some other people. And it's like, ah, oh, God, what a you know, what a cool thing to do. You know, cool Super gig cool. to have. Super cool. So, uh, diving into some of the stuff that's in this book, um, and I, I really enjoyed it. And, and you know, I think this, you know, your your story of how you kind of came to meet these guys. Um, yeah, being a quote unquote A&R guy for for you know Tim Armstrong's label um, with this kind of mythical band at least for me growing up in choking victim you know diving back into those old, those old days uh you know interviewing like people like squirt or you know the 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 people from from c squat and everything what was that like i mean because at the time i feel like nobody really knew the band was going to be this legendary thing no not at all and and you know, still to this day, it was, you know, we just played punk rock bowling and, and, and I was having people come up to me that I've known for years and years who were like, oh, God, I didn't know you were in that band. I never heard you guys before. Well, wow, that was, you know, uh, right. right. It's like, oh yeah, I've been in the band 22 years, <laughs> you know, but that that's a part of the story as well is that, you know, the band has always been under the radar, even though we've been on, you know, some pretty high profile labels. Yeah. So, you know, re, taking a walk down memory lane with, some of the people I talked to in the book, I hadn't talked to in years and years, you know, squirt I'd seen every once in a while. And, and you know, recently, but you know, some of the epitaph people and, and, uh, um, you know, some other people in the book I hadn't talked to in a long time. And, and, uh, it was great. It was a great, you know, great to catch up with them. Right. And, and, and everybody was super, you know, cooperative and super helpful. And, you know, and it was great to, to open those doors again with people I hadn't talked to in so long, you know, for sure. So, so how did you put it together? I mean, obviously it required, all those, you know, you said 100 people, over 50 people um, contributing the book. Uh, a lot of input from uh, Sturgeon, the Stizza. Um, right. <laughs> you know, what, what um, how, how did this first conversation come up? How did you decide to put it together? Obviously, you must have needed Sturgeon's like blessing on the whole thing. Um, John, uh, John, uh, co-writer John is obviously involved. I just wonder how that kind of came together and also the, how long it took from you know the the first conversation uh that's a great question the birth of it was you know in a tour van right like uh you know something happened and it's like 
you know, somebody ought to write a book about this shit, you know, and, and, uh, and I think every band has that conversation, right. You know, and, and somebody ought to write a book about all this crazy bullshit that's going on. And, you know, I said that for, for years. Right. And finally, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm the guy. <laughs> I'm going to write the fucking book. You know, I looked around for somebody to partner up with because I knew that I wanted to uh, do it in the, the oral history. Um, you know, I wanted, uh, I like that format, right? Yeah. Like, please, please kill me and, and uh, give me something better. And, you know, just any of those. Uh, I, I think that's a great format for, for books about anything really you know but it's but particularly um bands because you get contradictions and you get different perspectives and you get everybody to weigh in on how they saw it and, and it leaves it leaves it up to the right. reader really to make up their their own mind about um you know how the events played out or or you know um to, to question themselves well what you know what do i think about this and, and if i had written a book by myself that's just kind of like to me just seemed really like um you know, uh, sort of vain, or, or maybe that's the wrong word, but it, it, it's like a press release. One-sided a little bit. Yeah, One-sided, exactly. yeah. And, totally, yeah. And, and so I knew I wanted it to be an oral history, and I knew I wanted it to, uh, um, you know, people to contradict each other. And I knew they would because the band was pretty polarizing, and people <laughs> had real strong opinions about the band. So I, I wanted to put all that in there, right? And so, I, you know, I hit up John because and, and, John was a journalist and, and he has some experience in, in, in doing this kind of stuff. And, and, and I knew that the, the amount of people and the amount of work in this, that it was going to be too much for one person. It just was. So, you know, we started yeah. by, I, I knew what I wanted to talk about, right? I sketched out a, lay, you know, a draft, you know, just, you know, wrote out some chapters and, and here's some topics and here's some incidents and here's some time periods. And, and, and I did it in a linear, linear fashion of, you know, starting with, uh, you know, epitaph of the breakup of choking victim. Yeah. And then so John and I did that for a bit. We kind of threw, you know, the table of contents back and forth for a little bit. And then we just split it up. Okay, you know, interview these people and ask them about this stuff. Right. And I'm going to interview these people and I'm going to ask them about this stuff. And, and, uh, and also I liked John's approach was, was different than mine. He's used to interviewing people, um, in, in sort of a, um, you know, a way that you would do for a publication. And, and so I wanted him to ask questions from the perspective of being an object, you know, an objective outsider where it, it, if it was some, something, if it was an incident I was too involved in, right. I prefer him to do it, you know? So for sure. Like, so yeah, if you're, if you're trying to bring up something with sturgeon let's say yeah. it's like he'd be like well you were fucking there yeah like why are you asking me that right yeah so i totally i understand that you kind of couldn't couldn't have done it yourself honestly um but it's much better that you have those those extra extra perspectives right so that makes that makes sense right yeah yeah totally totally well you know the interesting thing about the book and you know you talk about oral histories and you know one of the most famous rock oral histories is like the dirt by motley Crue. yes um you know there's been like the, the no effects book recently which was was a very good book as well what's interesting about this book is it doesn't really glorify the lifestyle that leftover crack has led so much as more it kind of explains it yeah um, in kind of a beautiful way. And I don't know, there's even a chapter on mental health, you know, for example, near the end of the book. Yeah. Um, was it, was that something you were conscious of? Uh, obviously being someone that had read a lot of those other kinds of books. Um, or was it just the way it came out? Because I, I was expecting honestly more, like it's called architects of self-destruction. I was expecting more of that. Uh, the book is highly entertaining, but it isn't so nihilistic yeah. or dest destructive in, in a way that you were destructive just for destruction's sake, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, some things just developed in the course of writing it. Right. And, and that mental health chapter w was, you know, one of the things that, that wasn't initially, you know, in the first few drafts of the outline, but uh, I knew that, you know, I wanted to write a book that I would enjoy um, and I've, I've read a lot of those oral histories and, and rock oral histories. And, and so, you know, I was basically, John and I were writing a book that we, you know, would want to read, right? And it's like, I wanted to highlight, and, and I think this is true, you know, with, with any band, really. But with this band, it was like, 
there are some things that seem unrelated, but it's all related. You know, I wanted to paint the picture of the setting. You know, here's the era. You know, here's mm-hmm. here's what was happening. You know, um, around the band, and it totally influenced the band and came out in the music as well. Like the squat chapter initially didn't have Sturgeon in it. It was just the voices of people. <clears throat> who had you know lived and grown up in the squats around the Lower East Side in that time period of of the you know early late eighties early nineties from where the band was you know birthed and and that, you know a period that that may you know is gone now right from that part of town um, right. you know and that's what it was like that was the setting you know and and the mental health section n- nobody from the band is in it but you know all of that is pertinent to people in the band and, and I think punks and, you know, definitely the lyrics, you know, the, the, uh, um, you know, struggles with mental health are, are very real and reflected in the lyrics. So those people in that chapter are all people from the scene, you know, Nicole and Janine were in witch hunt, you know, Alice yeah. is in, in, you know, um, an evil hour in England and, and, uh, Denise, you know, ran Fistolo records with, you know, Eric Peterson. And, and, you know, these were people that were punks that ended up working in, in, you know, professionally in mental health. So it is all connected. And we knew all these people, these people personally and played with their bands and stayed on their couches, you know, and, and, uh, um, and then, you know, I did take some liberties of, you know, because, you know, <laughs> it, it, it was my book or my perspective um, that I talked about my own life too, right? And, and uh, um, some yeah. things that that um, you know uh, that happened to me, For and, sure. and uh, yeah. you know, with with my uh, you know my my wife, and um, you know who ended up she is was not a fan of the band yet <laughs> she ended up doing a lot of you know the artwork you know for the band yeah and and so there's that connection you know and and i always love seeing photos you know those photos people will post where you see like you know what's lemmy doing with fucking david bowie and the guy from flock of seagull you know and, <laughs> and uh, it's like how do all these people know each other right you know be- because that's how it is right yeah we you know we don't you know, our bands don't just hang out with people that sound like our fucking bands, right? It's like, we know sometimes people from... Sometimes quite the opposite, right? <laughs> sometimes quite the opposite. Yeah. And, and being a working musician, you know, people from, you know, the whole the whole gamut, right? And, and so I wanted that to be reflected in there too, because that's what is, you know, a band is not just, you know, one person, it's a sum of its parts. And, and you know, all of those factors, you know, that, that were thrown in, um, are about the band, yeah. you know, and it may not be talking about somebody like, you know, totally wasted on stage, you know, because, you know, you only need to say that once, right? You don't need to talk about that over and over in the fucking book, you know, but all right. of these, all of these pieces fit together. And I wanted to give voice uh, to, you know, to people around the band too, you know, I wanted to, I wanted them to weigh in and, and, um, because they're all fucking stars, you know, and, and, um, you know, the, you know, our friends and, 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 and even people that we didn't know that, you know, very well, it's, it's like, um, they were all important. And, 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 you know, my one regret is that I just didn't have enough space. You know, we had to just, the editing process was, was, um, you know, a challenge, right? Because it's like, Otherwise, you end up with like <laughs> volume, you know, fucking five volumes, and, and you know, no. Well, otherwise, you're you're in that studio for ten days instead of five days, and all you have to yes. eat is Indian food next door, and you got the shits and everything else. Yes, and um, nobody wants to read that. You know, I mean, like my attention span is not that long. You well, know, and you know by the F, length of F minus songs, you know, and and so <laughs> you know. How to cut this down into a you know a, a, a fucking readable chunk you know readable format and and uh, and still kind of sh- you know show all those things was was the challenge. But I love this kind of shit, Shane. I mean, uh, uh, th- this is like you know um, editing and and you know um, and writing and and uh, you know album art, you know cover art, you know like I, I love all the details. So yeah, um, absolutely. You know throwing throwing this thing together was like, it, it wasn't a pain in the ass. It was not that, not that any of it was easy. Right. And, and, uh, um, because there were a lot of times where it's like, 
I would call, <laughs> I would call John up. I'm like, I can't fucking do this. Fuck this book, man. <laughs> this is fucking too much. What was the, uh, what was the total time? I asked that earlier and I, I, I do want that answer from, from that conversation in the van until, uh, August, uh, August 21st when the book officially came out about four years, four years. And okay. the, fir- the, the first two years were just talking about it. Yeah. Right. And then uh, the last two years were actually putting it together. Yeah. You know, absolutely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, you talk, you do talk about yourself in the book, um, you know, not a ton. I mean, I think you do a good job of kind of showing that your role in the band was in some ways, I think for myself and for some other people, maybe a little less, like there was a lot of times you're like, I wasn't even there in the studio for that. Like I just kind of showed up and played guitar. Um, but you do speak about, you know, your, your, your drug use, uh, addiction, getting locked up, uh, getting clean. It, it was kind of interesting that you were like this, I don't know, uh, much more mature presence around the band. Um, and I, I'm almost surprised to be frank that you put up with it so long. I mean, it must've, I don't want to say it was tiring. It was probably also very entertaining, but it also must've tested your sobriety. Like there's a lot of different levels of how your role in this band factored in especially when you came and met these guys or when you met sturgeon you were from a label so it's there's a lot of moving parts here with with your relationship right right well you know um it it never tested my sobriety but it it tested my patience a lot (laughs) and right and you know when i ran into these guys you know i'm about 10 years older than than anybody in the band and you know and i already been chewed up and spit out by drugs, you know, and, and was on the other side of that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, granted when, when they started out, when we started out, things were different than how they ended up. Right. And, uh, uh, some things weren't as, as prominent, you know, in the beginning. Um, uh, but you know, there were a couple of things going on there. You're right. There were a lot of moving parts. One, um, uh, you know, I had already been there, so there was no temptation it didn't, none of that looked good to me, you know, right. like, um, uh, and I'm not just talking about somebody casually having a drink or getting high, you know, and, and, you know, pe- people do that. And, you know, uh, my wife drinks, you know, and, and, but, uh, um, when you're talking about things like addictions and, and alcoholism, that stuff did not look good to me. It, you know, I, I remember, you know, I knew what that was about firsthand and, and it, it kicked my fucking ass, you know? And, and so, um, but there was also, you know, I felt this like kinship, like, you know, Hey man, I've been there and, and I'm, I know this environment, you know, and, uh, I can navigate around this environment, um, without having it, without being in danger of, of, you know, picking up myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, so, you know, I mean, the, the whole, you know, the, I didn't see a lot of the drug use go down and stuff like that because <clears throat> that wasn't me, you know, I wasn't participating in it. Right. You know, I was there, I was there for the music, right? I was there for the music and, and, <clears throat> and shows and, and, uh, pushing the, the, um, uh, the, the ideals that we had of, uh, of, um, um, you know, unity and equality and free speech and, yeah. and, uh, you know, pushing forth that agenda, I guess, you know, if you want to call it an agenda for sure, um, that, that was very important to me. And, and, uh, and, and it was a good vehicle for doing that. And I was grateful to be involved totally in that because I don't think, uh, I know that, you know, we left over cracks isn't the first band to do that, but you know, there were some things that were unique about the way leftover crack was doing it. Right. And, uh, um, and I felt that they were very special and, and, uh, um, 
What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Well, we go on the tangents, and I love it. And that it got yeah. that means it gets to other things, and and it makes my job easier because I don't have to ask as many questions. Um, yeah. But I do have have two more things I want to touch on here. Sure. Uh, and I want to read a little excerpt back to you here. Um, oh, and and also. I, I, you know, I liked the fact that I was the other side of the coin and, and, right. you know, um, there for the, for the taking, if anybody wanted to, you know, discuss that and, and, you know, it's like, you, you know, you don't have to use drugs and you don't have to like drink in order to be involved in, in this, you know, um, uh, in, in this kind of music and this kind of, in the scene, uh, um, uh, you know, and, and that is not a requirement. You know what I mean? Or if you're struggling and, and, you, and you need somebody to talk to about it, yeah. you know, here's the guy right here, yeah. right? And and uh, I didn't advertise that stuff, but most people knew. They would put two and two together. It's like, how come this guy isn't, you know, da 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 right? Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. I mean, and and that, that does segue a little bit into my next question too. Um, you know, you speak about death in the book um, and it's something that maybe in some ways you might view differently from other people. And I'll read, I'll just read this because this was an interesting um, part here. You say um, about the death of Alec, um, which such a tragedy. Um, you say, I was shocked, but I wouldn't say I was totally surprised when I found out Alec had died. As is the case with most of my friends, the way we live and the groups of people we run around with, it's always expected or at least a possibility. The end is always near. And I remember reading that and kind of having to put the book down for a second and just think about that and being in an environment like that where you struggled with your own addiction for years and now you're, you know, someone like Alec also dealing with addiction and mental health issues and stuff. And the reality is that this kills people. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, you know, I'll spare you going on a, t you know, <laughs> tangent about that, but right. That's the, you know, in, in my experience, um, you know, that's the end game, right. Is, is, you know, drugs are going to kill you, you know, um, it always wins in the end, yeah. you know, and, and, and it's, uh, it's been doing that to musicians, you know, since time began. Right. And, and, and that's what it does. And so, you know, I had my fun, I, I got my ass kicked and I'd like to think I got out, you know, before it was too late, you know, and, yeah. and uh, but not, you know, by the narrowest of margins. Right. And, and, uh, and not that that was easy. It was very hard. It's a struggle. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, that said, uh, you know, the group of, of people and punks that I, that I've always run around with, none of us thought we would live past 30. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, we all figured we would expire, you know, we'd meet some untimely end and none of us even cared. Right. It was like, this is the way we're going to go out, you know? And, and, uh, um, so, you know, there was a long list of, of, you know, uh, my friends who, who had passed away and, and, um, you know, a lot by their own hand, you know, um, some accidentally, um, uh, but you know, that the, the only surprising thing really is when somebody dies of natural causes, you know, <laughs> so that's you know wow. the sad thing or if that, that's or, fucked up it but, is yeah or, or if they get some terminal disease that you're just like fuck man that's really sad yeah you know um if somebody perishes by their own hand or or you know um even through overdosing or, or whatever it's, it's like that kind of came with the territory right you know and it's like if you're gonna mm -hmm. do this uh, this is, you know, everybody knew the, the risks, you know, it wasn't like, well, I'm fucking around with this and, you know, uh, I'm going to, you know, just walk away from this. It's like, <clears throat> it's not how it works, you know? So, right. uh, you know, I, I loved Alec very much, you know, it, it, you know, he was, he was my brother and, and, uh, um, you know, we, we, we did a lot of miles, you know, had a lot of miles under our, under our feet together and, and, uh, um, and you know, I spoke to him the night that he, you know, night that he died and, and, um, uh, you know, he knew the risks, man. And, and, um, um, you know, he was a, you know, he's a grown up, And, and so, uh, 
far be it for me, you know, to get in someone's way if, if, if they're doing what they want to do, you know, I'm not, uh, um, uh, you know, I'm not here to uh, preach to anybody or ruin anybody's fun. You know, I'm here to help if I can, Absolutely. you know, and, uh, yeah. and it sucks because I, you know, I miss the dude, you know, love him and miss him, you know, and, and same with Brandon and same with Nick and, and, yeah. you know, uh, Jack Terrycloth and, you know, it, the list goes on and on and on. Right. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, playing, you know, playing shows, uh, over the past week, you know, you mentioned punk rock bowling, um, etc. It must have been very strange not having Alec there, but you've also announced your own departure from the band. And this comes at kind of an interesting time with the book coming out, but obviously Alec's passing is really tough. And from reading the book, it does seem like he was, you know, the glue kind of holding things together maybe as well. Um, Oh, he definitely was, you know, he was the backbone you know, of the band. And, uh, um, you know, I mean, one only need read the book <laughs> to pick yeah. any one of a hundred reasons yeah. why, you know, I would end up leaving, but particularly with Alex passing, it, you know, it, it, to me, it was like, well, you know, if we're going to do this without Alec, different things would have to be in place, you know? And, uh, I don't know if it's there yet. Um, but, uh, you know, I left out of love and, and, um, I don't have any animosity towards Sturgeon or, or, or um, anybody in the band. I, I think that it, 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 um, you know, it is the best lineup that, that the band has had in a long time. Uh, it, you know, everybody is just so great that's in the band now and, and, mm-hmm. you know, so talented and such, you know, awesome unique individuals and, and I was really honored to to be able to play these shows with them and and, uh, and you know the same with Surgeon I think he's extremely talented you know um, uh, you know individual and, and you know just honored to be able to play with him you know and to, to you know work all these years with him and <clears throat> and, and you know help him to shape his vision you know and, and uh Right. Uh, the the person who took who played in in Alex's spot was uh, her name's Sandra Malek and she was in World Inferno Friendship Society, mm-hmm. a band who we toured with many many times and you know she's part of the family. She'd been part of the family for years and and uh, um, you know I, I I know that Alec would be like oh yeah you know she's you know she's the guy you know, to, to stand in for me and, and, you know, she can hold her own. Right. And, and I know he would be, uh, uh, um, you know, he would have approved that, you know, and, and, um, and, and it's a hard spot to walk into, you know, but, um, uh, Sandra and Alec were friends, you know, they were good friends. And, and, uh, um, so there's that too, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the lineage and, and, and I've been in that very same spot with, you know, playing bass in the adolescence, you know, so I've been in her, her spot too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, feeling, Damn. you know, there's no yeah. way I'm going to fill Steve Soto's shoes, you know, um, but, you know, I'm just trying to do my best to respect, uh, you know, respect the man who was my friend, my dear friend and, 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 you know, be a fucking punker man. And, and, you know, uh, do it in a way that I feel he would, it, it honors his, you know, his, his memory and his legacy. And, and, uh, and Sandra's that way too, you know? So, yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah. And Steve, Steve Soto is one of the only other, uh, uh, non-lead singers that have been on this podcast. So, um, Steve was on here and Steve, yes, yeah. I had Steve. Um, yeah, I did have, I had him on, um, a few years back. It was, uh, it was, it was quite the show and yeah, he's, he was one of the best and uh, man, that was, that was a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. That was a tough so, one too. Yeah. It was a pretty emotional weekend for me, Shane, <laughs> you know, on, yeah, on a lot of levels I, and, I'm and, sure. uh, um, you know, and, and, uh, um, you know, I hope the band continues and, and definitely has my blessing, you know, um, yeah, you know, I, I have enough of my own crap, you know, I'm working on two more books, I'm currently, aside from the adolescence, involved in like three other musical, you know, 
um, I hate to use the word projects, you know, that's so fucking lame. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing three other musical things, you know, with, with friends of mine, some of them, in, in, you know, are overseas. Some of them are here. Um, so, uh, you know, I have my fucking hands full, you know? Um, well, Hey, it's, it's cool that you went from being the old guy in a band to being the young guy in the band, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Come on. Who's the young guy now? <laughs> so you know not to say that you know hey anything can happen you know and and you know who knows not to say i'll never play with leftover crack again right and and uh it's not like that because there's <clears throat> you know there's no hatred in there you know what i mean it's just um read the book you know it was time for me to step down and and uh yeah you know and so we'll see what happens right Absolutely. What are the other, um, I, I don't want to take too much more of your time, Brad. I do appreciate you doing this. Uh, what, what are the other books you're working on? Um, what else is going on? Obviously, uh, now you've, you've also started a podcast based, uh, based around the leftover crack book. Right. So you're, you're doing podcasting as well. Um, what, what else is happening? Uh, you're right there. I have a podcast. Okay. Uh, I'll try and put it in put it in a nutshell here for you. Um, You've done a, a bunch of episodes. This this isn't just like a couple, right? You've yes. done like like ten or more. Right? Yes, and and we're going to continue to the end of the year, and and you know of talking to, um, you know people who are in the book or people who are around the band, and mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a lot of fun, you know, and, and it's a great way I think to, um, to highlight these people who were, were are just you know stars in their own right. So it's a lot of fun for us to do. Uh, and, and then also my, my wife and I have a, uh, not a podcast, but a YouTube thing, uh, called fuck you. I'm right. Where, uh, <laughs> my wife and I are both type a personalities and we, de <laughs> we debate each other all the time. Right. And, and, uh, one of the things I love about her is, is, you know, um, we're completely different people, uh, but we have enough in common to where it, it works, you know? And so, uh, we basically will just, uh, pick a topic you know we have people write in with topics to, for us to argue about and pull out of a fishbowl and and you know argue about it and debate about it for you know a half an hour and, and she'll throw it up on youtube or throw it up on her patreon her name's Kristen farrell mm -hmm. and uh um she's in the book as well she has a, a piece in the book but uh some of the other things that one book i'm working on i can't really talk about yet because uh, it, it hasn't been sure. Uh, somebody's kind of commissioning me to um, to do inter it's it's another old history format commissioning me to do interviews and and uh, uh, which I love doing and and so I'm doing that and then I'm working on another book for PM Press um, who's out of the Bay Area and it's like it's going to be a collection of essays um, I you know I used to write for a, a weekly out here the OC Weekly I had a column about um, um, uh, being basically, a, you know, a working musician, right? And, and uh, you know, some of the realities of that in, in, in you know, in my eyes. And uh, so it's going to be uh, expanding on some of those column pieces and, and uh, cool. you, know, a, you know, a bunch more essays that are related to, um, you know, the current, you know, musical environment and, and, and how it relates to, you know, being a musician, right? There's that, like, you know, there's there's part-time people that have jobs that kind of are musicians on, on, on their spare time. There's, you know, big stars that, you know, make millions of dollars and that's what they do. And then there's guys like us who are like <laughs> blue-collar, you know, musician types, right? Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and we have to work our fucking asses off just to, you know, to juggle it and balance it out. And, and, and uh it, and that's kind of where I live with that. You know what I mean? It's in the middle there. And I know there are a lot of people that live there, you know, and, uh, for sure. And, and then you talk to people who think that we just, you know, because they see pictures of you playing this huge ass festival that you just got it made and the money's fucking rolling in and, you know, um, <laughs> you know, everything's just like, uh, you know, golden and, and, you know, you be, I know, you know, that's not, you know, the reality of it. Right. And a lot of work goes into that kind of stuff and, uh, a lot of uncertainty, you know, and a lot of struggle, you know, and, and, um, uh, so that's what, you know, I have some working titles, you know, maybe exile and exile, you know, is, is, is going to be, you know, um, the title of it, you know, 
some stuff about the pandemic in there and, and that's a title i like you know so sweet sweet um, cool but and then the music projects are are uh you know more sort of f minus based type stuff that i'm doing you know that was my that was my last question yeah. i was going to ask you what was going to go on with f minus because i absolutely love f minus one of my favorite bands ever too short lived and it's been a long time since you put out any music yeah i don't know i know erica's was doing uh I think she's still doing like a vegan restaurant. Erica is doing a vegan uh, restaurant in, in, in LA, right? Or yeah. New York, in New York, in, in, um, in LA, in LA, in LA. Right. Um, and I would love to see that come to fruition, but, but I'm down for any F minus based, uh, project as well. You know, um, she is, she's got her hands full, right? And I wish I knew that I could remember the name of her restaurant because I, is it like kitchen mouse or something kitchen like mouse. that? Yes. Kitchen yeah, mouse. That's right. That's so right. if anybody yeah. out there is in LA and, and you know, is in a good vegan you know, cuisine, please pay kitchen mouse a visit. It's in, uh, um, I believe it's in sort of the silver Lake area, maybe echo park. Mm -hmm. And then, mm -hmm. you know, um, go bug Erica and tell her you love her. And, and, uh, <laughs> um, and I know Jen is, is, uh, you know, she's busy. She, you know, um, she's all over the world working on, you know, production on, on, you know, super large festival type, you know, things and, you know, raves and, and stuff like that. And, and, uh, you know, everybody's pretty busy. And so, you know, the chances of an F minus reunion, you know, are, are, you know, I don't know if that's something that's ever going to happen. Right. Um, but I love all those guys and, and we talk and, and you never know, you know, um, but in the meantime, uh, um, Gabber from Cash UK, who was on our last record on, on a song, and I are, are uh, we've been working on music. We, we have a, um, a new band together called Other with uh, my friend Sarah, who uh, was the singer of this band, Detestation. So it's the three of us, right? And, and uh, it's sort of an electropunk, um, not sort of, it's an electropunk thing. And, and uh, um, you know, electro, uh, uh, just, you know, fury. And uh, so Gab and I are going to do this thing out in, in uh, um, the UK in January and, and we're going to rework a few F minus tunes and do an F minus set, um, uh, you know, but disassemble those songs. And then we have some new stuff too. And that's called Instant Ruin is the name of that band. Um, yeah. uh, and then, uh, you know, um, the adolescents have a bunch of stuff coming up uh, in the spring with the Circle Jerks and, and Negative Approach, which is going to be fucking amazing you know two of the biggest influences on f minus circle jerks and negative approach you know yeah. so this is like my dream and uh <laughs> and playing with the adolescents too right who, who were a big influence on f minus so it's like triple dream uh and then we're you know going to europe next summer um that has been moved like fucking 40 times already you know and and uh <clears throat> And then I have another local band called Harm Production with, with a couple of friends of mine. Uh, um, one who was in, uh, a kid who was in Rats on the Wall with me and, and uh, um, my friend Cassandra from Venomous Pinks and, and uh, Cassie and, and, uh, and whoever that, you know, whoever else we'd rope into it, you know, so. There you go. Yeah. Hey, man. There's no slowing down with, with any age or anything, you know? You just you just keep going, and I love to see it, man. I'm obsessed. I love writing, Shane, and I love, you know, um, you know all of it. I love the, the writing and the recording and just, you know, being, you know, collaborating with people. I, I love it, you know? <clears throat> so Amazing. I try and stay in it, right? You know, and, and, uh, and it's where I live, you know what I mean? So... Um, I'm out of my mind, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it, Brad. Well, th thank you so much for stopping by today. I know you've had a, a crazy weekend, um, emotional weekend as well, but the book is out now, Architects of Self-Destruction, The Oral History of Leftover Crack by Brad Logan and John Gentile. Gentile, I don't know how to Gentile, say it. Gentile, I believe. It's, it's one of those... Yeah. The yeah. third one. There's He's, a third option, even. It's an, Ita it's an Italian it. thing. Gentile. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know when you you know when you see something written 
a million times and you, for the first time you're like, fuck, I've never thought about how I'm actually going to say that out loud. That's how the you audio, know? that's how the audio book was. <laughs> <laughs> the audio book, is that also out now? The audio book is out now. It came out the 21st. It's out now, okay. Yeah. So yeah, go listen to that if you got some driving to do or whatever. It's on Audible and you know, all those platforms, right? Cool. You can find it anywhere. Awesome. Well, Brad, thank you so much uh, for everything, man. I hope to see you around. Thank you so much, Shane, for having me. This was really cool. Of and and of course, uh, you're awesome, man. I hope to see you soon. I, I really hope so. All the best, man. You too. See you soon. Take care, Brad. Bye-bye. See ya. There he goes. There is Brad, and we got him back. And I'm very happy that we did that. But regardless, that is it. That is my conversation with Brad Logan. The new book I'll say the title once again. I'll hold it up on Twitch. Architects of Self-Destruction, The Oral History of Leftover Crack. Um, I got a chance to read this thing. I got an advanced copy, and I'll be honest, I couldn't put it down. I've read a, a lot of these, you know, types of books. When you, you talk about like, uh, you know, I, I talked about the Motley Crue book and the No Effects book, and I'm I, I was reading the Bad Religion book, and then I got this one, and this one replaced the Bad Religion book uh, temporarily. So, um, regardless, I highly recommend it. Uh, go pick it up. Again, it's in uh, paperback, digital, or audiobook format. So, yeah, it is a dope cover. It is a dope cover um, as well. And, and, you know, the imagery in Leftover Crack has always been super important to the, and the, to the message and everything too. So you're definitely, um, looking at, at very high quality. Like, you know, obviously talking to Brad about this, he takes this shit seriously and he really cares about it, but you never know. Right. And, and man, I couldn't believe it. Like, I think I found, I got an advanced copy of this book. I think I found like one, one typo in the whole book. So it's really, really meticulous, really, really well put together. So I am, uh, I'm stoked on it. All right, I got to leave you with a couple tunes. And believe me, it's hard to pick. There are so many great F-minus songs and leftover crack songs. And I want to play one of each. We're going to start with a song from F-minus called Wake Up, featuring the dual vocal attack that I love about the band so much. And then we're going to go out with a bang with the classic Gang Control from Leftover Crack. Here they are. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out the book. And of course, hit the subscribe button. Don't miss all the great episodes that I have coming up. I'll see you next time. Peace and love. I'm being hunted by filthy